welcome to Life on the Brink, a lovely little place filled with inspiration and creativity that is dedicated to enjoying life one day at a time. I'm Anna, and together we're exploring the beautiful things in this world that fascinate us, and often discovering something new. Hello, hello. Welcome, friends, to episode 21 of Life on the Brink, and happy spring to you all. For those of you that are in the Northern Hemisphere, like me, we have just entered the very beginning of spring at long last, and um, today's episode is going to be perfect for not only springtime and its mild weather, but in the event that you are in fact entering fall at this time, or really whatever season, this is an episode that will help us all to soak up any sunshine and warmth and enjoy these mild, beautiful, blooming days. Of course, I'm talking about picnics. I don't know how much I've talked about picnics on this podcast, but I love them. If I haven't, it's only been because in the last year we haven't been able to go as many places. And of course, you can always picnic in your backyard, but I like to make picnics a little extra special. And this spring is the perfect time to get right back into it. A picnic just makes everything a little bit more magical. And I would like to say that I am somewhat of a an enthusiast, if you will, or a... I wouldn't say an expert, but perhaps a connoisseur of picnics. I love putting them on. I love taking people on them. And I actually wrote a blog post called The Art of the Picnic, which is the same name as this episode, a couple years ago. I think it was about uh, a year and a half ago. But today I am revising that and sort of adding a little bit more here and there to make it even more special. And let me tell you, they have been something that I've really missed. I think the reason that maybe I haven't been on as many picnics in the past year is because I haven't been able to be with as many people. As we get into this, you'll see I have like four main pillars of picnicking and people are very important to it. So first, let me give you a little bit of background. I like to think that we all have happy picnics as part of our childhood memories. They seem like something that everybody should do. I remember specific scenes um, from my childhood of my family spread out on the old quilt. There's like this heirloom quilt that's made of this incredible orange-yellow colored fabric. Eating Subway, most likely Subway sandwiches (laughs) in the grass. And, um, would go exploring and maybe, you know, there's ice cream involved after or whatever. But even if it was hot or if it was windy, little baby Anna loved the opportunity to eat something on the ground for some reason. (laughs) I think we enjoy it because it is simultaneously something new and different, but very casual. I don't even know if you can have a fussy picnic If so, we are not about that life here at Life on the Brink. But as I was saying, as a child, that was basically the only idea in my head of a picnic, subway in a park, you know. (laughs) But I will never forget 
the moment I started to view picnics a little bit differently. It was a passage from Julia Child's book, My Life in France. And I'm going to read this passage for you here. By the way, in my copy, it's on page 40. The cloudy sky broke open and turned blue. The air was vigorously cool and the sun shone brightly. After an hour or so of hiking, we broke out a picnic basket brimming with sausages, hard-boiled eggs, baguettes, patisseries, and a bottle of Moselle wine. We ate lying against the twisted gray rocks covered with emerald green moss. Except for the yawping crows in the beech trees, we were the only ones in that enchanted place. I had never imagined such a perfect scene was possible in real life, but there it was. Julia was living out basically my ideal afternoon. In my mind, the vast majority of beautiful experiences, and thereby beautiful memories, are centered around food (laughs) and usually involve outdoors. So I was intrigued at the possibility that perhaps Subway in the grass was not the extent of outdoor eating experiences on the whole. So why not make this occasion a more memorable event? Several years have passed since then, and I've grown fonder of the outdoors and exploring the different scenes in my area. And at the same time, I've also acquired more resources and intel into how to create the ideal picnic. So I thought I would share a little bit of what I have learned with you, as my picnics are sort of renowned among my circle, (laughs) or maybe just in my head, but I'm quite the converter when it comes to eating food outside and have brought many people into the circle of picnic lovers. So before we get into my four main pillars of picnicking, I'm going to share the tea that I'm drinking today. This, by the way, would be your time, your chance to pause and make yourself a nice cup, maybe get comfy, snuggled up. Today I'm drinking a nice mug of Twining's Pure Peppermint. It's really nice and relaxing, and today I'm drinking it with honey, but without any milk or cream or anything. I just like it as is. It's pretty delightful. So, picnicking. Step one. The view. The environment, in my opinion, is perhaps the most crucial element to a picnic, which is maybe why I don't always like picnic in my backyard all the time. This is really the point of the thing, the reason that you are eating your meal not in your house. Yes, it's true that fresh air will do a lot for you, but the location can elevate any occasion. Whether you go to a local trail and there's a clearing nearby, or a grassy park, or the beach, I've had many a beach picnic, this is a chance to explore your area. For those of you that do happen to be near the Tidewater region of Virginia, or if you happen to ever find yourself there, I do have a a little list that I've made that is in the show notes. But regardless of where you live, this is your chance to almost become a tourist in your own town. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I'll be somewhere out in the world for some other reason, and I've got a purpose and somewhere to go, but I'll see a little spot and think, oh, that would be cute to like have a little picnic. And if that ever happens to you, make a note of that on your phone or something, and then go back to that spot, especially if it's a little secluded, uh, maybe a little quiet, if there's a garden. I mean, 
I love the botanical gardens. You all know that. So I'm there all the time. And if you have access to any kind of gardens or beautiful landscape, why not? I will say I've also had my share of indoor picnics in the case of rain. Once I did have a tea party on my bedroom floor. Um, And at those same botanical gardens, I did picnic several times last winter in their greenhouse because it was temperature controlled and it was delightful. I've got some pictures of that on the show notes as well. So that is step one. Explore a little bit and find a good setting for your picnic. Number two, the gear. Now, as a musician, I love gear and love talking about supplies. And just in general, I'm a fan of little dishes and cloth napkins and little cute things. But it's a picnic and you do have to carry it. So we're going to simplify to what I think would be the basics, but also what I use to make it a little bit nicer. Of course, you can do the paper plates and all of that and, and it would be very simple. But this is what I have and what I use to elevate your picnic just a little bit. And it's not difficult and most of this stuff can be found secondhand at thrift shops. First is a blanket. In my opinion, you can always go with a classic gingham or a plaid. I have a red and white gingham blanket that I almost got into an actual fight with a woman at Goodwill because it didn't have a tag on it. Even though it had a tag when I picked it up, I don't know what happened to it. But in the end, I left with the blanket and I love it. I actually have a couple picnic blankets. And depending on where you live, you might also maybe invest in one of those waterproof tarps if you get a lot of rain to put down underneath your blanket. But whatever blanket or quilt you have that suits you is just fine. Just make sure it's sturdy and comfy to sit on. Then I also have a set of actual plates and silverware. I actually also keep a small wooden cutting board in my picnic basket for like little tiny cheese plates or cutting fruit or bread on site. It's just really pretty. So remember, you're making this a multi-sensory experience. So why not let this part be pretty too? I actually use plastic dishes and then metal silverware. And um, I even, I have a set of silverware. You can find them online where they're in little zipper pouches. They even have little metal chopsticks. It's so cute. And those are my picnic wear. They live in my picnic basket and they're ready to go. And along with that, I also have a pair of wine glasses. Now, this does not mean you have to put wine in them, but oftentimes I will because, again, Julia Child inspired me. Plus, these glasses bring a little bit of sophistication and they sort of make you take it slow. Whatever you're drinking becomes a bit more refreshing and less of a, a need of hydration, you know. <laughs> I also will bring water, usually in my, my reusable bottle on the side, but having a little extra fun thing to drink, whether it's wine or iced tea or whatever it is, it just makes it a little bit more special. And I will say um, I would recommend to get stemless wine glasses, the ones that are just just the, the cup portion. Not only is this more European and therefore closer to the Julia Child fantasy, but it's more practical when you're on uneven ground. What's nice is when you have a picnic on the beach or on sand, you can just sort of snuggle them into the sand and it will hold it for you. But 
whatever your terrain, stemless wine glasses are definitely a better option. And then of course, we have to have a basket. This is basically the way to let the world know that you are going on a picnic and you're having the time of your life. (laughs) It's the thing. And it's the best way to bring all of your little accoutrement of your dishes and then your food and all of that. And if you have a nice sturdy basket, it makes everything a breeze. I have kind of a basket obsession, not just for picnic baskets. I have a couple, but I just really love like wicker and and woven things. So they bring me so much joy. You can find all kinds of baskets in thrift shops. You could really find all the things on this list, dishes and blankets and baskets, all of this secondhand. And I think that gives it a little bit more character just make sure that your basket has a handle that's strong enough because one of my favorite ones is kind of falling apart and I'm not sure how long the handle is going to hold out but it's doing a good job so far but just make sure that it's going to be able to support the weight of all of your food (laughs) and speaking of which that leads me to step number three which is of course the food this is the entire reason that we go on a picnic. It's more than just a walk. It's the part where you get to be the most creative and is what makes a picnic a picnic. So for the majority of picnics that I have prepared, especially if you're in like a time crunch, I don't know if you've ever had an emergency picnic, <laughs> but um, sometimes the opportunity shows up very suddenly But regardless, I usually go along the lines of like a cheese board or a charcuterie board. And I know that now, just in the past few years, all over social media, you can find like beautifully structured cheese plates that look like works of art. And while I definitely want to get more into that, I definitely don't hold myself up to those standards when it's picnic time. Because again, this is not a fussy situation. It's lovely, but it's still simple. So charcuterie is classic and simple and lovely. And so these are the elements that I usually include in my board display. Cheese, obviously, step one. (laughs) At least two types, in my opinion. Three is best, but two is okay. (laughs) Usually I'll have like one soft cheese, like brie, or maybe goat cheese, and then a harder cheese, just for some variety. And then next to the cheese, I will usually put salami or uh, some kind of um, cured meat like that. Like I love prosciutto, but Josh doesn't love prosciutto, so usually we go the salami route. Or if you are preparing a vegetarian or vegan picnic, obviously you can skip the salami and either pick your favorite vegan cheese, or you can even get fancy with some hummus, I would say. That could really take the place of like a nice smooth, creamy base on your bread or crackers, which is the third element of this board, by the way, bread. Um, I really love a baguette because again, Julia Child. And in most grocery stores, or if you're lucky enough to live near a bakery that does bread every day, like I wish I did, then there's always going to be a baguette that was made that morning. But you can also go with focaccia or um, sourdough, a fresh sourdough or croissant, but of course, Um, or crackers will work. If you're not feeling the bread and 
want to go the cracker route, that can also be really nice. I've been buying from Trader Joe's lately the Some Enchanted Cracker. That's literally what it's called. And I really like that one. But also, I'm a fan of Cars, C-A-R-R-S, uh, water crackers, I think they are. The rosemary ones are delightful. So just some sort of vehicle for your soft cheese or hummus, essentially. My fourth element is fruit. Basically just whatever is in season. So I love berries and apples are really good for picnics because they'll hold up to travel and then you can just slice them on site. Um, also stone fruits like peaches and nectarines in the summer are just fantastic and they're great with cheese and with prosciutto oh my goodness so fruit for me that little sweet element is necessary and then you can have your extras which for me could include olives i love an olive um roasted red peppers or roasted artichoke hearts or nuts um maybe dried fruits or chocolate nice dark chocolate to sort of save for the end with some of those berries a little sip of wine that's the ticket and then you can have some spreadables like jam or honey or butter because we love a condiment and essentially you're just going to have that experience in ratatouille where he just puts like the bite of the cheese and the bite of the fruit the strawberry in his mouth at the same time and you're just like making all these different flavor combinations. This is usually what happens. <laughs> so you're just like, I wonder what happens if I put an olive and this cheese and this thing in my mouth at the same time. And you just basically do that back and forth. And it's wonderful. And then, of course, the last element is a, something to drink. So whether that's wine or tea or a sparkling water, as well as your normal water, because, of course, stay hydrated. And that is your very simple charcuterie i know i just talked about a lot of stuff but really if you just have like cheese meat bread fruit and then whatever other extra things you like usually these are things i have on hand anyway <laughs> but it's up to you really you can just grab what you have and then assemble it there and it'll go together it's fine but i will add a little side note sometimes i like to get a little fancy and when i want to make a picnic extra special it usually takes the form of a galette which is basically just like a rustic tart where you just have one sheet of dough like a pie dough but you just put all of your filling in the middle of it and then you fold it up around the sides and throw it in the oven i'm going to include in the show notes an article that really has helped me uh, from food 52 where basically it's how to make a savory galette of any kind without a recipe there is a loose recipe for the pastry crust but you can fill it with whatever kind of veggies you want and whatever kind of cheese you have. It is simple and it is delicious. It's basically like somewhere between pizza and pie, but in a savory way. So I'll make a galette and then have like a fresh salad of arugula or um, spinach just simply dressed with lemon and salt pepper. And then maybe some fruit on the side. And that is just so special. I've made it on several picnics now. And it travels well, surprisingly. I just wrap it up in foil and it's ready to go. So you can find that link on the show notes as well. And that is your food. I hope you are inspired. Of course, we didn't talk about dessert or sweet things. Sometimes your picnic can turn into ice cream. Like I said, <laughs> Josh and I have a spot that we really love 
that overlooks the water but is also a nice short walk to a Ben and Jerry's so that's always nice and you don't have to pack anything but maybe it's like a surprise birthday picnic and you want to bring something else by all means make it special make it sweet you don't have to make everything doesn't have to be homemade it can just be a simple assembly like the cheese board go with what you are comfortable with and the fourth and final element of your picnic is the company of course i know i may have just made it sound like the food is what makes the picnic or like the view the spot that you're picnicking is like the thing but really that's not the most important thing it's the company it's who you're with this is the time that you spend with that person now this could be yourself a picnic for one i totally support it and it's a time to enjoy your time alone you could bring a book or a sketchbook or a journal and just have a nice relaxing afternoon by yourself or it could be a, like a date a romantic sort of picnic or you can spend time with your family or with friends maybe someone you haven't seen for a long time and as people are getting more and more comfortable coming together maybe outdoor gatherings are more accessible right now so you could picnic with someone you haven't been able to share a meal with in a while or anyone you just want to get to know better like i said in the beginning of this episode picnics are inherently casual even if you have wine glasses and charcuterie <laughs> and because they're casual they break down a little bit of social barriers and expectations i mean you're sitting on the ground either crisscross applesauce or you're lounging like a roman and I can't tell you how many of my picnics have turned into just hours long conversations that let me get to know someone in a new way. In essence, this is the joy of the picnic. It's a celebration, not just of the scenery of your area, and it's not even the food, but of each other and making space in our lives to enjoy one another. And that's pretty much it. Those are my guidelines for your perfect picnic. I have been on many perfect picnics, I will say. And if you've never taken anyone on a picnic, I would suggest the first possible weekend, the first day you have off that's not raining or snowing or bitterly cold, pick a spot and make it happen. If you need any more picnic inspiration, because I can't get enough, um, I will link in the show notes. I have a entire pinterest board that i'm constantly adding to that is just picnic inspiration and as things warm up i'm gonna go on picnics myself and i always share them on social media so you can follow that as well and please if you discover your picnic love this spring share them with me you can tag me you can leave a comment on these show notes and tell me what you made what did you bring what was it like and what made it enjoyable to you because once you've had one magical picnic, I'm telling you, you're going to be hooked. And just in case you need a little bit more picnic love, stick around because I will be right back with this week's little joy. This week's little joy is picnic inspired and is something that is truly little and incredibly joyful. It is <laughs> a book called Winnie the Pooh's Picnic Cookbook, inspired by A.A. A. Milne, decorations by Ernest H. Shepard. 
And it is exactly what it sounds like. It's a very small book in both size and length, but it is delightful. It's filled with like six different menus for different kinds of picnics, including an expotition picnic, a tea party picnic, birthday party picnic, rainy day picnic, kids picnic, and a beach picnic. But then there's like a little section in the beginning where it's talking about like, it says a word about picnics, including like there's a little section. I'll just read you a little tiny taste so you can get a hint. It says picnics are about sharing good times as well as good food. So it's important to leave your picnic area as clean, if not cleaner than you found it. Dispose of garbage responsibly and take home all the supplies that you brought. This way, other picnickers can enjoy the spot as much as you did. It's so cute. Oh, and there's a section that says extra special expotitions. And they're like talking about musical instruments such as guitars, if anyone can play, or games that everyone can play. There's just so many little nuggets of cute things you can add to your picnic and lots of inspiration. You know how every Winnie the Pooh book is like delightful. I don't know how I got a hold of this book, but I will leave a link to it in the show notes in case you want to go find your own little copy, or I think it would make a delightful little gift if you know another picnic fanatic in your life. But like a birthday party picnic. It's so cute. And there's little illustrations. It's just, but the, and the recipes are like legit. There's baked goods, there's drinks, there's, I'm just uh, flipping through. I see mulled cider, biscuits, peach cobbler, red potato salad, chicken sandwiches, party punch, lots of little muffins, and oh, blueberry heart scones with smoked turkey. So I'm just going to stop reading it for now. So that's my little joy. And I think I'm going to make it a goal to like make one of these entire menus <laughs> and go on an actual picnic designed by this book. I think that would be a great day. So we'll see. <laughs> and of course, I will leave you with a playlist. This is one that I made and have called Le Picnic, which is, in my opinion, perfect for traveling to or from your picnic location. If you're driving there, I would highly recommend rolling down your windows while listening to this playlist. It's just relaxing but adventurous and a little French here and there. And it has been the soundtrack of more than one picnic of mine. So I hope it brings you joy and I wish you all happy picnicking. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Life on the Brink. If you're enjoying these episodes, please feel free to leave a rating on your podcast app or even better to leave a review, letting others know and me know why you like this podcast. And even better, you can share it uh, either in person or online with people that you know might enjoy it, might want to go on a picnic with you. Who knows? Again, you can head to the show notes at annaperkinsmusic.com slash life on the brink for all the links that I mentioned in this episode, as well as photos from my own picnics. I wish you all a beautiful week, a beautiful new season, and beautiful things to come in this year. Until next time, friends, have a lovely week. Bye.